So we're going to be looking now at the last in our five part little series of looks at Matthew 13, this 13th chapter, which is a whole set of series of parables and it's a long speech from Jesus about the kingdom of heaven. And in this passage, we have two things going on. We're looking at verses 47 to 53, of course, and there are two things to pick up on. One is the net and the other is just that last bit about uh, every teacher of the law. I don't intend to spend very many minutes looking at these two, but I'd encourage you to grab pen and paper or some way of, of recording your thoughts as we go through these. OK, let's have a little look. The parable of the net really isn't a parable about the net so much as about what happens when the net is put to use, what happens to the fish that are caught. You see, the key thing in this is a reminder that our world, the creation around us, is on a time frame. There was a beginning and there will be an end. That end won't be the destruction of creation as it stands. And it's important that we don't misunderstand or misinterpret scripture when we're thinking about what happens at what's sometimes called the end of the age or the day of the Lord. After that has taken place, creation will be renewed, not destroyed. But what Jesus wants to draw our attention to here is what happens at that stage. And put crudely, and he's doing it, uh, making his points, this simple points by drawing on um, an understanding of the world around the people of the time is saying, look, when you catch fish, not everything that you catch ends up going to market or going home in order to be eaten. Some of it doesn't. Not because you in your net drag out fish that are um, decayed uh, or, or somehow otherwise um, poisonous, but because not every fish would be eaten or be edible. So they get thrown out. And they get divided into these two tubs or two baskets, things that are good and useful and things that are going to be destroyed. Now, this is something that we shouldn't be afraid of talking about. It doesn't mean it's not a big deal, though. The reality that we're faced with here is that Jesus is saying at the, at the end of the age, at the point at when the day of the Lord comes, or judgment day is perhaps a, a more familiar way of talking about it. There will be a separation. We've already heard this talked about in Matthew 13 between the wheat and the weeds. And here again, we get this concept that there will come a point where uh, God makes a decision. And that decision really won't be so much something that he's calling out on. It's not made um, out of nowhere. It doesn't. It's not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's not an arbitrary decision. But it is an honouring of those who've chosen to be part of the kingdom and those who have chosen that they won't be. And Jesus says that those who won't choose or haven't chosen the kingdom when they've had the opportunity are destined for being thrown in that other bucket and being ultimately destroyed. Here we go. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Interestingly, and I have a helpful Bible here that has two translations in it at one go. Uh, the message puts the same idea this way. The angels will come and cull the bad fish and throw them in the garbage. There'll be a lot of desperate complaining, but it won't do any good. This idea of things being put into the fiery furnace is drawn from 
um, an understanding of how you dealt with rubbish in first century um, Judea, Roman Judea. So outside Jerusalem, there was a very well-known, very well-recognised valley of rubbish. It was the rubbish dump. It was the rubbish tip. And there wasn't a means of recycling. There weren't things that were done with crushing and putting to landfill either. The, the simple fact was, if something was done with, it was being thrown out, and it went into this valley, and there was a fire that burned there. And it burned all the time because there was always stuff being added to it that would burn. So the fiery furnace is this place where there's a fire running all the time. In that fire, everything that's been put in it is destroyed. Nothing in that fire stays being burned for a long time. It burns until it's burned up and then it's gone. But there is a sense in which there is an end, an end point for things that are thrown in that fiery furnace, in that rubbish dump. And Jesus says, you know, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and, and the message translates that as there'll be a lot of desperate complaining. The reality is that, that when it comes to the point when Jesus says that there's, there's two ways forward here, at the end of the age, there'll be the kingdom and those who aren't, um, who haven't accepted the kingdom, who haven't chosen the kingdom. He's not threatening anybody. He's simply stating how it's going to be. It is really important that we get out of our minds the idea that some element of the appeal of the kingdom is based on fear because it isn't. I don't want anybody to come to the kingdom because they're frightened that the alternative is torture at God's hands. Instead what I want people to do is recognise what an amazing thing it is to be part of a kingdom, what an astonishing opportunity we have to be part of something as it was designed to be and we've not experienced that yet. To be aware of what it means to have an ongoing, active, dialogue, participating relationship with the one who created everything and chooses to invite us to be part of all of that. That's what the parable of the net, I think, is talking about. And then there's a second point. Jesus says, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Do you know, as I've studied that verse or those verses, that's just the one verse, I've struggled to find two commentators that say the same thing. And, and actually a lot of them spend their time describing all the different options that people have explored about what that verse might mean. But what I want to think that we might take away from it is this. Jesus says, if you understand what the kingdom is like, then you are in a unique position to be able to share with others how it fulfills old things and how it brings new things. This is what Jesus' whole ministry was about. He brought a fulfillment of old things by talking in new ways. Jesus is a kind of junction point, a crossroads for the old and the new. And he points us from that crossroads to the direction that he is going and he invites us to go with him. So from these two little snippets, what do I want us to take away? Well, number one, please look at Jesus. Look at what the Father is offering us in our lives. John 10 uh, tells us that the shepherd comes. And Jesus is that shepherd and that those who have chosen the kingdom, have chosen to follow him, learn his voice and get good at following it. In John 14, Jesus promises 
his disciples, and we should read ourselves into that dialogue, that there is a place for them in the inheritance that Jesus himself will, will, um, will walk into as given by his father. There's a place for them and a wonderful place. And we're invited to be part of that. The power of the net is not a threat, but it is a reminder that the day of the Lord is going to be a scary, scary thing. And we have an invitation to be part of the way things were always meant to be. Now, I've not used any words like sin or forgiveness or repentance in this talk. And maybe I could have done. It is appropriate for us to recognise that part of Jesus' invitation is for us to turn away from an old way of living, a way that's based on what a lot of feels natural to us, and instead engage in a way of living that matches his intention for humanity. We do need to turn away from a lot of the unhealthy, unhelpful things that we are inclined to do, the things that make us feel embarrassed or shameful inside, the things we do that perhaps we don't notice at the time, but we might think back, how did that maybe hurt somebody or not encourage them to flourish? Let's take ownership of who we are. Let's choose to be in the kingdom and not just hope that we're in it. That's number one. And number two, when it comes to this idea about being a teacher of the law, maybe that's not for all of us, but each of us does have the chance to dig deep into the old things that Jesus knew our Old Testament heritage, the things on which his kingdom have been founded. So to understand those, but also to springboard from them, to see all of the old through the lens of the new, the lens of Jesus. To make his understanding of the kingdom our own. To spend time with both the Testaments and to take hold of them and to live our lives by what we find Jesus revealing about what you find the Spirit revealing, about the purposes of the Father through the life of the Son. That's it from me. Uh, the very last verse of our passage said, when Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. And actually he does. He moves on and straight away that tension between Jesus and the Pharisees that we've already mentioned in this series really comes to the fore. And we start seeing how the antagonism gets harder, the friction gets rougher and it becomes more difficult for Jesus as he makes his way towards Jerusalem at the end of his life when he is there's a conspiracy to kill him and he accepts his role which is to be a sacrifice to stand in our place so that our sin might not block our place in the kingdom that he is building where he himself is king and ultimately his resurrection, the point at which life takes over and conquers death, where the life of Jesus becomes the springboard for everything good that has come, is coming and will yet come. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you sent Jesus, that he spoke in ways that encourage us to think. Would you help us take hold of the reality that we face here? That we have the choice. That we can be in the kingdom and embrace all the wonder that comes with that. And would you guide us and help us to be um, good students of scripture, of all that you have said and are saying 
through those who inspire to write Old and New Testaments. Help us dig deep and to search for understanding and for wisdom with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen.